Good morning. Howdy. Howdy. Hey, welcome to Freedom Current. Have you ever ridden a horse? Have I ever ridden a horse? Yeah, I have. I, I, I don't think I've ever ridden a horse. You haven't? I mean, maybe as like a kid, like being led around a circle or something. Like I have maybe, maybe a memory of that, but I don't think so. I rode on a horse at Camp Crosley. Oh. My parents checked the little box that said I could go horseback riding. I loved Camp Crosley. It was a good time. I mean, once you've gone there like half a dozen times, like you know the lay of the land. Yeah, it's like your camp. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, yeah. You know where all the cabins are. You know where the... The good hiding spots are during night games. Yes. Remember that? Yes, I do. That was fun. You know exactly how to... Oh, I was... I wanted to win... At the night games, yeah, I did. I did Some too. kids were just there, like, "Hey, it's nighttime. I just want to hang out with my friends." Yeah, while everyone's run. Which I was I, like, "I want to win I had, the night games." I had years where I was one or the other. It all depended on if I had a girlfriend. If I had a girlfriend, then yeah, we just wanted to walk around. Yeah. Oh, I never had a girlfriend, so yeah, that was. Good. But if I didn't have a girl, <laughs> yeah, if I didn't have a girlfriend, then I just wanted to like yeah. win and play yeah. the games. Yeah, that makes sense. That was essentially the the. I was probably trying Decision to win maker. so I could get a girlfriend. Mm. You know how you think in high school or wherever, middle school. That, that girls care if you win the night game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't care. They don't care. Uh-uh. No. But anyway, I was like, yeah, look at me. Rugged, bleeding, yeah. dirty, won it. <laughs> I don't know why I asked about horses. I just remembered. I, just I was going to ask you because that was really random. Yeah, no, I, um, I saw on Facebook... Um, a Facebook friend of mine wearing a cowboy hat and riding a horse. I thought that was pretty cool. Is he a person that you wouldn't normally associate with horseback riding? No, no, he rides horses all the time. Oh. So he, I would associate him with that. But I just saw that and that literally just popped into my mind. So now if I put a picture on Facebook with a cowboy hat riding a horse. I would still think it's cool. Yeah, but you'd be like... When I was like, where, where are you? When did you go riding a horse? <laughs> yeah, where did you find that horse? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, because I don't normally appear, make my appearances via horseback. Yeah. No, me either. I haven't done that. How about that? Back in the day, they used to just ride up somewhere on a horse. They'd jump off, sling the little rope thing around the little pole. <sighs> I just like the fact that car is short for carriage. And so, like, when they first came out, like, they called them cars. In fact, when we, my son and I went to George Washington's house, Mount Vernon, and there were garages, like, mm-hmm. old-timey garages where he had his mm-hmm. carriages, mm-hmm. and um, that was George Washington's car, mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's just short for carriage. That's fascinating. I, I did not know that. It's funny. 
I did not know that. I don't know why, too, you thought of that and horses. Well, the carriage and the horse are tied, so the... Okay, horse-drawn carriage. Exactly. Which I think in Spanish, I think car is coche. Okay, yeah, so coach. Or something like that. Pardon me if I'm wrong. But I think that's what it is. Yeah, or carro. Might be auto. Autobus. Yeah, that's, might that's, just be I think that's a, that's a bus. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> nice, very I, that, good. Yeah, I'm very good. Bu- I'm butchering the Spanish language. Yeah, which I do love. I think yeah. Spanish is one of the most beautiful languages. In fact, I don't really care for Portuguese. Sorry to Portuguese speakers. Um, Why not? I, Portuguese it is offends, a beautiful language. It offends me to hear it. Why? It just offends my ears. Does it feel like it's? Almost Spanish, but it's not right. No, I really don't. I don't like attribute it to Spanish. I mean, yes, some words do. Fe- I mean, obviously, it's it is very close to Spanish okay. because it's a okay. Latin-based language. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I think of it different to Spanish, just like I think of Italian different than Spanish. Uh-huh. Um, but for some reason, Portuguese is always like, ugh, I don't care for it. But then listening to Spanish, I think it's beautiful. Did you know Romanian is a Latin-based language? No. Is that the fifth one? Uh-huh. I knew there were five, and I yeah. can Romanian. only name four. Rome. Yeah, that makes Romanian. sense. Romanian. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Like, it's surrounded by all these Slavic countries or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're speaking a completely different branch of Indo-European. When they call them the Romantic languages, the Romance languages, uh-huh. um, are they talking about romance? Like No, they're like, talking about Rome. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, because yeah, they're... From Rome, from Italy, from Latin. I have a book called Seven Viking Romances. That's kind of a... And it's embarrassing that it's on my on my bookcase because it looks like, you know, we're talking about like Helga and, you know, shirtless Thorvald and they're going to be, you know... Oh, like a, like almost like... up. What's the, what are the, what are the like novels Like Fabio called? or whatever. Yeah, shirtless. romance novels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but actually, seven Viking <laughs> romances is just like it's about like seven far-fetched silly Viking stories with dragons and whatnot in it. Ah, oh, that's or, awesome. Or there's this guy named Arrow Odd, and he's got this like super-powered arrow. Hmm. You know what I mean? Does it come back? It comes back. Okay. Well, yeah, it would, yeah. I'm just like, if you yeah. only have one, yeah. Hey, how do you know it has a superpower? Yeah. Do you use it and then it's gone? And it's or B... But no, he doesn't ever lose it. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So that's I a think good if I that's, a couple that of is, That's an amazing power in and of itself. Yeah. You just don't even have to carry a quiver. You just carry on one arrow. Yeah, and I think if I remember right, that's how he eventually dies is somehow the arrows deprive from him or something like that. I can't remember. It's been a while. But it's a little embarrassing when someone's looking at your bookcase and like, <laughs> seven Viking romances, huh? huh? You're into that, huh? I'm like, no. Not that. Not, not it's not that. what you think. Not what you think. It's adventure stories. It's like a guy with like a helmet and horns, and he's got like big giant pets just sticking out there. <laughs> this babe with the braids. <laughs> She's like in well, his she arms. used to be a dragon. <laughs> That's how it happened. <laughs> oh, okay, good deal. So I've never ridden a horse. No, I have ridden a, ridden a horse. <laughs> okay, you have ridden a horse. I have ridden a horse. I'm on the fence about whether or not I've ridden a horse. You're on the fence about whether... No, you're not even on the fence about whether you like Portuguese. No, I'm not on the fence about Portuguese. Okay. I mean, I could be I could be convinced. I think Portuguese is beautiful. Well, I, I'm and glad I've never you even heard it. <laughs> I just know it's going to be beautiful. There are bazillions of people that speak it, so... Like it's in Brazil. Yeah. And, you know... I think... 
I'm I'm like I'm I'm like thinking of like I'm heading in South America. I'm expecting to I'm expecting Spanish, and then blam, I'm just hit with Portuguese, and I'm disappointed that oh, I yeah. don't understand it. Yeah, as well. But that wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. But you'd pick it up after a while because Brazil's so big. Yeah. You know where I want to go in South America someday? Mm-mm. Uruguay. Oh. Because they have a city called Montevideo. Which doesn't that mean like I'm in the mountain of like video a, games? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like it's a mountain that you can see from or something like that. Oh, that makes sense. So I'm like, okay, this has got to be a good view up on that mountain. Hmm. So I'd like to go there. Although we have a place in Indiana called Mount Summit, and it's not very tall. No. Because you can reach the summit. So they named it that. <laughs> Most people, especially farmers in India, we're not climbing mountains. We're just... <laughs> Mount Summit. It's like, a, it's like a gentle slope uphill. It's almost like calling it Mount Hill. <laughs> it's not even a hill. No. It's, just like, it's like, yes, yes, if you put a tennis ball at the intersection in Mount Summit, it might roll one way. Yeah. That's it. That's how you tell. Water flows in one direction. Not even a hill. (laughs) Yeah, it's really not. I mean, it's got a nice little exit. It's up, and they have a good pizza place. Oh my goodness! Have you been there? Yes, thousand degree wood fired pizza or something like that. It's good. I was. I. It's so. It's so like kitschy looking on the outside. The very first time I went there, I was like, okay, people are just getting drawn in by. Yeah. I don't know. Just it's just a quirky place, but. Then they oh, have their pizza, and I was like, good. yeah, this is legit. So I ride my bike there wow. to go eat pizza, and then I ride back. That's a that's a hefty little ride. That's probably an hour, a couple hours. It's a couple trek. hours, yeah. yeah. It's fun. I mean, it takes like 12 they minutes have full speed ice cream. going down the highway. They have Grater's ice cream. And that's why I know that there is an inclination at Mount Summit, because you feel it riding your bike. Yeah, oh, you I You feel bet. it. But you do not feel it driving your car. No. Anyway, they have Grater's ice cream. They also have... Carnegie Deli cheesecake. Oh, and you know what else they have? They have Coke and Pepsi fountain machines. Oh, that's interesting. That's insane. Nobody does that. <sighs> because who has Pepsi in their place? <laughs> Coke and Pepsi fountain machines. I, I just think that's pretty awesome. I, I like regular Everyone's Pepsi. Everyone's going to be happy there. But I hate Diet Pepsi. I love Diet Coke, though. Diet Coke is my quintessential flavor-profiled mm. soda. I, I love Diet Coke. I despise Diet Pepsi. I despise Diet Pepsi. And like I, I will order a Diet Coke at a restaurant, and they'll I be like, "Oh, is Pepsi okay?" And I'll be like, "Out Absolutely of my not. mouth, just give me water." Diet Pepsi is disgusting. Yep, I think it's. I gross. do not like Diet Coke. I love Coke Zero. Yeah, you do love Coke Zero. I drink Coke Zero, and we just ruined your evening at the Super Bowl. <laughs> that was crazy. We just dropped it on the ground, and Coke Zero went everywhere, and yes. we lost the whole two liter. You know what I'm really happy about? What that that happened outside. Oh yeah, well that's true. <laughs> oh, it was every place. It was everywhere. Can you imagine if that was inside? Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Outside, oh, oh. it's a good laugh. We're alienating a lot of people that like Diet Pepsi and Portuguese. What if they like both? Well, just so you what know. What if they like I'm, that and romance novels? They should not take my opinion as anything because right. I'm not a connoisseur of, of either languages, of those things. Soft drinks. 
But yeah. really, the you just romance like you novels, like. you don't need to like that. Yeah, that's... I mean, I mean, romance novels, but Viking romance novels. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Those first. are good. Those yeah. are good. Sounds that's good stuff. All right. So, um, we are on... This is Freedom Current, by the way. Yes, you are watching Freedom Current. You're Jeremiah. I'm Jeremiah. And you're Brock. I am Brock. Brock Blaze. we're just two guys that like to Hang get out together. Hang out Talk about our freedom in Jesus Christ. That's right. That's right. So, and it is a joyful freedom. Yes, it is. We get so joyful about it that we can't wait to do our podcast every week. Yeah. So we're on like episode 11 or 12. 12. This is 12. Yep. Fantastic. We're on episode 12. <laughs> and um, we are going to... We're going to roll our dice again. Roll a die. We've checked off, what did you say, 10 or so? Out 10 of out of 20. Out of 20. And we've kind of marked the last two off as options for a while yes the last two we will get as number 19 because they're just stories that we like we want to tell maybe yeah let's just get 19 and 20 as 19 and 20 yeah at least that's how i feel this week next week i might change my mind exactly but we've not we've marked off 10 or so because we had a pilot and that was different than what was on the board yes so we're gonna roll and see if we can get something new last week we wanted two and four yeah. And what are you rolling? I'm rolling an icosahedron, right, a 20-sided um, polyhedron. Nice. And it is a uh, and it has pips. That's what you call the sides of a die. What do you call the corners? I don't know. The corners. Bumps. The bumps. <laughs> so the pips like well right. like a normal six-sided die has just the little dots and like the six dots right, if you're right. playing the Yahtzee, right those are pips i don't know if you call it pips if it's actually like a, a numeral yeah written on there but and on a six-sided die it each opposite side adds up yes and well on every die every seven Right. Yes, and on a twenty-sided die, the opposite sides add up to twenty-one. Always. Nice. Isn't Every that cool. Opposite. It is cool. That's some interest, interesting information. Unless it's a cheater's die. Exactly. And then the then what happens is, like on a twenty-sided die, one of the ways you can weight it, which it takes hard. I mean, Do it doesn't people really... cheat with twenty-sided dice? Mm-hmm. I mean, why are you cheating at Dungeons and Dragons? It's like it's just made up anyway. Well, the dungeon master might. Because the dungeon master can't cheat, he can it, he can do whatever he wants. So if he wants that, if he wants a die that's weighted more towards high numbers or low numbers, but like so, so if you cut out a nineteen, you're cutting out more material than if you're cutting out a one, and so it's actually lighter on this side than that side, just slightly. Now that's not how they weight dice, but cheaters dice oftentimes do have the numbers mixed up just to help the weight. Gotcha. At least so I've heard. Okay. All right. Put all of the heavy numbers on one side. Yeah. So we'll roll and see. We want anything. And honestly, they're all good. We've found. I think we've discovered that it never lands on what we want it to land on, but it's always what we want it to land on. Yeah. I couldn't care less what it lands on because it's all going to be good. It's all going to be good. There's really no. Je- there's no stories where Jesus is in them where you're. Where it's not good. Yeah. Where we're I can't think of one. That's exactly right. Hey, you know what? If you've never read the Bible, read about Jesus. Go to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people think, I should start at the beginning of the Bible. No. And just, don't do that. The Bible's a library of books. Yes. And you don't, you don't have, if you go to the library, you don't have to start with the A's. That's right. You can jump straight to the G's. That's right. So, so start with Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. If you don't know where to find that, every Bible has a table of contents. Mm-hmm. Look up Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And 
and um, read about Jesus. That's where Jesus is at. If if you, you probably well, have Jesus a, is everywhere, but right. that's where he can be explicitly referred you, to. And probably have a Bible that has red letters in it. So find one of the books of the Bible that has the red letters. That'd be Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Mm-hmm. And there, start at chapter one and just start reading. I think that's a good place to start in your Bible. Yep. Where, and the red letters are the words that are attributed to Jesus speaking himself. Right, 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 right. So anyway, a little tip. All right, cool. Let's, okay. roll, let's roll this and see what happens. If it lands on one we've already done, we just re-roll. One. Oh, we've done one. Oh, it was exciting to have it hit the one. It was. Seven. Gethsemane. Oh, this is going to be deep. Well, okay. Here we remember go. what we That's said. Right. That's now right. we do have the freedom to do whatever we no, want. No, I want to do All this. All right, let's go. This All is right. going. This going. This I cast the hedron to the side. This is Matthew twenty-six. We've been real silly. And we this just morning. well, obviously, all the stories we're reading in the podcast so far are going to be in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So. That's right. That's right. We've been really silly this morning, and now I'm like, ooh, this is going to get sober. Watch there be like horses, or foreign languages, or. Something in here. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. know. (laughs) I'm sure there's horses in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John someplace. I'm trying to think of horses in the Bible anywhere. There's horses in Revelation. Yeah. No, there's definitely horses. No doubt about it. And there's chariots in in the the Pentateuch. There's chariots in Exodus. Yeah. That's true. So there's definitely horses. And in the Psalms it says some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will trust in the name of the Lord our God. There you go. So there's some horses. And there's got to be horses in Samuel and Kings and all those books. There's got to be. There's got to be. Surely Judges. Yeah. There's camels in Judges. <clears throat> so some donkeys and some bears back there. There's bears. Yep. All right. So are we just reading this whole chapter? Matthew 26? Matthew 26. Let me get to Matthew 26. It says Gethsemane. Now my Bible doesn't have red letters. But that's all right. Well, they don't. They don't all have red letters. Some people prefer Bibles with no red letters. Well, because they, because all the words are, we we believe are inspired by God. That's right. The black letters are just as much Bible from God as the red letters. Yeah. Okay. Um. Let's go to. Well, we said Gethsemane, so that really starts in verse thirty-six. Hmm. Matthew 26, starting in verse 36, and it goes down oh, goodness. to 50. We were talking about this not too long ago. 36 to 56. We were talking about this this week even in our, in our other group. Yeah. And we've been talking about this a lot. This yeah. is, is going to yeah. be deep. It's going to be deep. Are you ready for it? I am. Okay. Um, do you want to pray? Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Okay. Dear Jesus, this is a this is a um, a wonderful but a heavy topic we're about to read, and we're so thankful for it, and we're so thankful that it's written down for us to um, inspect and introspect. And uh, I just pray that you'd be here with us and with our podcast listeners um, as we read through this, as we discuss it. I pray that we would take it with the seriousness that it deserves, mm-hmm. um, but we would also uh, we would also find joy and. Uh, and pleasure in the truth in it. And I just Amen. ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Here we go. Matthew 26, 36. Where are, we, where are we ending? To 56. Okay. All right. Does that sound good Sounds to you? Sounds good. Yep. Great. All right. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. 
And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and he prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and he found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, for the second time, he went away and he prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. Then he came to the disciples and he said to them, Sleep and take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. While he was still speaking, Judas came, one of the twelve, and with him a great crowd with swords and clubs with the, from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, The one I will kiss is the man, seize him. And he came up to Jesus at once and said, Greetings, Rabbi! And he kissed him. Jesus said to him, Friend, do what you came to do. Then they came up and laid hands on Jesus and seized him. And behold, one of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. Then Jesus said to him, Put your sword back into its place. For all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Do you think that I cannot appeal to my father and he will at once send me more than twelve legions of angels? But how then should the scriptures be fulfilled, that it must be so? At that hour Jesus said to the crowds, Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to capture me? Day after day I sat in the temple teaching, and you did not seize me. But all this has taken place that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples left him and fled. Hmm. Hmm. There's a lot there to unpack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm glad. I'm glad we got. I mean, just because it's well, even in like one of the most serious passages of all scripture. You also have like action as well. So it's actually a really intrigue because you've got Peter pulling out a sword and chopping off some guy's ear and then Jesus saying, what are you doing? Don't do that. Like it's an exciting book. It's also sad, mm-hmm. um, but it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's exciting too. Maybe I, we can give a little context. So Jesus has been doing what he does for like the last three years, healing people and... Yeah teaching people he started when he was 30 years old yeah yeah and so now he's He's done with that and um after these three years he's he's ruffled enough feathers of enough people who don't like the way he challenges the status quo 
and they have made a plot mm-hmm. to silence him. Yep. And so um, when it says Judas was one of the 12, he, Jesus had 12 main guys that followed him around. Um, he had a lot of people that followed him, yep. but 12 that he called to follow him so that he could teach them one of those guys is a traitor. Yep. And that's Judas. All right. So what if we start at the beginning? Yeah. What stands out to you in the first few verses? All right. So we start at 36. Yeah. <clears throat> so he's there with he's there with some of his best friends. Yeah. So, so out of the 12, three of them, Peter, James, and John. Yep. And and Peter, James, and John, I know this isn't part of the story, but just knowing their history, you know, these aren't just like uh, meet quiet, pious little guys like James and John were trying to figure out who's going to be like the greatest in heaven when they get there and argued about that. And yes. And Peter's. Didn't they want to call down fire on somebody? One yeah. Time? And they called them the sons of thunder. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what that was all about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> These guys were boisterous. Yeah, they were, they were, they were pretty wild. And, and, um, and Peter, he's just a, I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a blue collar fisherman getting his hands dirty he he talks first and thinks later. Yeah, yeah. But these are these are Jesus's some of Jesus's closest friends. I'm surprised John isn't here. I mean, obviously this is no. He is Peter, James, and John. Oh, what was I thinking? Of course, John was there because mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. I was like, and John's the youngest of the group yeah. too. Yeah, John's the one that's going to last the longest. They're all going to get killed before John. Decades later, and John just gets. And by the time Banished. John's really old, he's talking about love all the time. Mm-hmm. But at this point, when he's a young firecracker, he's um, he's yeah, he's a pretty intense guy. Yeah, they're passionate people. Yeah. So he's got his friends there. He's in Gethsemane. Jesus knows stuff's going down because he already sent Judas out from the Last Supper. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So Jesus is fully aware. Fully aware. Yeah. And, uh, and you can tell it because it's, he, he goes in praying very sorrowfully. To, to Peter, James, and John, this is just any old night. This is one night out of three years worth of nights, and it's no big deal. But Jesus is very sorrowful. So Jesus absolutely knows that tonight is the last night of freedom and the, and the night that begins his oh. pain and torture. Okay, so I, I actually didn't catch this at first. He's with all of the disciples in 36. And he tells the group of disciples to sit here while he goes to pray. And then he takes with him yeah. Peter, James, and John of yeah. the disciples. So they're all hanging out. That's a good out. pickup, yes. Um, I, at first I was like, he's t- telling them, like the three to sit. But no, he yeah. extracts those three and says, come with me. We're going to go pray. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and actually he doesn't have, now he says he's with the disciples. That could mean many, many people. Who knows? It, it doesn't necessarily just mean mm-hmm. the 11 remaining, but it might just probably be the 11 remaining. Who knows? But I, eh, I could see Mary Magdalene being in that group and a bunch of others. Who knows? I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Well, well, okay. But no, because he had just had the, the last supper with just the 12. Gotcha. Okay, so then they go out there. It says in verse 37, he takes Peter and James and John, the yeah. two sons of Zebedee. Um, he says, my soul is sorrowful. It says in 39, and going a little farther, he falls on his face. 
and verse 40, he came to the disciples and then he said to Peter. So. Unless he's just talking about the three. Yeah. So he takes Peter, James and John and then those guys don't stick around and pray with him. Yeah. They must go back to the other guys. They must go back. Maybe. Because Maybe they got Peter, restless. Peter gets caught sleeping too. Yep. All right. So yeah. Yeah. he takes the three with him. Mm-hmm. He tells those three, probably in private, that he his soul is very sorrowful, even to death. And re- he says, stay here with me and watch with me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Remain here and watch with me. And watch means um, stay awake. And, oh, yes. Yeah, watch awake. means stay oh. awake. Like if you've got the third watch. Yeah. And look out for me. Because if I'm going to go over and if I'm Jesus, Jesus doesn't just like pray like maybe we do. Dear Lord, help this food to bless our bodies. Amen. Yeah. He's probably going into a deep meditative prayer state. And he's like, just keep an eye on things because I'm right. going to be praying. <laughs> and right. You're going to need to shake me if something's happening because I'm going right. to be focused. <laughs> That's probably. I'm be focused. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so whenever you see watch, especially in this passage, but in the Bible, watch means stay awake, stay alert. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. a good point because that is kind of a... a, a be a watchman. A, a part of speech that we use in, yeah. throughout scripture, or right. that is used. And we just don't use that word anymore. It's a little bit of an archaic word because yeah. we don't need watchmen keeping watch at night. We just lock our doors and fall asleep. Yep. Yeah. Except for my dog. I tell him to Your do Your dog it. keeps watch. He does too. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, um... so remain uh, here and watch with me and going a little farther. He fell on his face and prayed. Jesus falls on his so face. So he separates. Okay. So he separates the three from the twelve. He tells the three that, and then he goes farther, and he separates himself from the three, and he falls on his face. He falls on his face, and he prays. There's another little clue about the emotional state of Jesus Christ here. Mm-hmm. You know something interesting that comes to mind when I read that is, I think C.S. Lewis said... Um, you know, he was talking about like why people kneel, why we kneel when we pray, or things like that. And he mentioned the fact that um, uh, what you, what you do with your body in prayer could be could be like a mirror of like what what of your spirit's uh, mm. attitude in prayer towards God mm-hmm. as you're praying. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kneel we kneel when we're really earnestly wanting to pray. Uh, mm-hmm. um, and we're kneeling kind of in reverence because we're coming before the Lord and our spirit as, as it comes before the Lord could be in a kneeling, a kneeling fashion. <laughs> you know, I don't know how to explain that. C.S. Lewis actually worded it pretty well. I'm not as mm-hmm. good of a wordsmith. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but I reminded of Jesus in, in this case, falling on his face and thinking of that, that's where his spirit's at as he comes before the Lord. And he's about to say, he's about to ask something of God that isn't going to be answered in the way it's asked. Mm-hmm. He's going to have to change what he wants as he fixes his eyes on what he knows the Father wants. Yep. Which is which is amazing because this is something that he does know. We'll come to find out that 
God is not going to answer in the way is originally asked. Mm-hmm. It, right. Instead, his heart has to change yeah. or his, his approach has to change. Not that Jesus has a sinful motive in his heart, but mm-hmm. this is a, a very you know, raw feeling he's feeling for so many reasons. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, let this cup of death pass from me. Yeah. Um, let this cup of wrath pass from me. Yeah. Because he's about to go to the cross and get the whole wrath of God poured out on him. And yeah. so it's just yeah. like, if it's possible that we can do this in some other way, let's do it. Yeah. But the reason why it's interesting is because in the same passage, he tells Peter after he cuts off, Peter cuts off that guy's ear. He's like, don't you know, if I just ask for 12 legions of angels, God will send them. So he knows that his faith and his power and standing with God are powerful enough that God will answer that prayer. Fascinating. But he's not answering that. Like he could just You're call right. down 12, 12 bazillion angels. You're right. And knows he that God will answer. Yeah. But in this one, God's not going to answer the, the oh, way he's asking. Oh my goodness. You're right. It's Absolutely. A, it's a pretty interesting just yeah, yeah. Com- uh, contrast. I think there's a couple of other things to talk about here. One is what, what does the cup mean? And another is I think the way his prayer changes, the wording changes from the first to the second prayer um which one do you want to talk about first let's talk about the cup okay so the cup if it be possible let this cup pass from me so that's not a phrase that we use that doesn't make any sense what the reason that doesn't make any sense is that's an allusion to somewhere else in the bible so i believe that that is in jeremiah chapter 29 i think no, it's not in Jeremiah 29. I'm not sure where it is. Oh, it's in 25. Jeremiah chapter 25. Um, if you look at Jeremiah 25, 15, it says, Thus the Lord, the God of Israel, said to me, Take from my hand this cup of the wine of wrath and make all the nations to whom I send you drink it. They shall drink and stagger and be crazed because of the sword that I am sending among them. Then I can skip down to verse 27. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, drink, be drunk, and vomit. Fall and rise no more because of the sword that I am sending among you. That is bad news. God's talking about the the punishment that he's going to bring on all of these tribes in the area of Israel and Palestine, all in that area. Um, people that have um, been doing child sacrificing, people that have been just brutally torturing and hurting one another, people that have been have they been have they been oppressing Israel? Oppressing Israel, yes indeed. Um and so there's all of that um there's all there's reason for God's <clears throat> righteous wrath. People don't like it that we talk about wrath when we talk about God sometimes, or they like to say the old Testament God was wrathful and the new Testament God is merciful. Those are people that don't read their Bible who say that Mm -hmm. because if they really think about it and study it, you find plenty of mercy 
in the Old Testament. But you also, too, find um, there is a righteous reason for wrath. Mm -hmm. The righteous reason is oppression, rape, pillaging, Mm -hmm. murder, child sacrifice. These are things we would be righteously wrathful against Mm -hmm. as well. well. And in the New Testament, it isn't that God isn't wrathful. It's that he's... So it's not that the New Testament is merciful and the Old Testament is not. um, Because you see the plan for the Christ throughout the Old Testament from the beginning. Um, The New Testament is when God reveals finally his ultimate plan and finishes his plan for mercy. Yes. Um, And then Jesus is the one that has to drink the cup. I love what you said. He finishes his plan for mercy. I love Mm -hmm. that because he's had that plan all along. Mm -hmm. And you see it. If you really study and you pay attention, if you don't come to the Old Testament with prejudiced eyes in the first place, you see that God is a merciful and kind God to sinners. But here is when he finishes And like you just said, he finishes it by then taking that cup of wrath and pouring it down the throat of Jesus instead. Mm -hmm. Think about those words in Jeremiah. Drink and be drunk and vomit my wrath. Okay, did you ever see somebody get so drunk that they went outside and just puked their guts out? Mm -hmm. So imagine that kind of metaphor or image i guess i should say that image for god forcing his wrath down someone's throat saying here you want you want to be oppressive you want to be sinful you want to be violent you want to be rebellious drink this then and all of that They've been drunk on their violence, drunk on their rebellion, drunk on their pride, drunk on their selfishness for all those years. And now out of that is going to come finally, not just the consequences that they've earned um, that we see just, you know, hey, when you do this, then that happens. But the consequences of an actual judge. We love to talk about karma or whatever nowadays. Mm Um, but but here is a personal judge who has thinking, rational capabilities to make evaluations about the way we've been living. And he says it is wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, and I want to change the language. Like, I agree with everything you just said. But I'm, I like to change the language, especially for people listening, to understand where Christians are coming from, not from um, God force or... or, or or they have been drunk with their pride and they have been drunk with their violence, etc. But instead, we, um, because I am guilty of those things. Yes. Um, and so I am guilty of that wrath. Yes. Um, I, I don't even have to go into it, but I'm a prideful and selfish person other than I've never committed child sacrifice. But nevertheless, the deeds and the thoughts and the sin that I've done yeah. is worthy of God's wrath. That's a critical thing to understand is to move away from um, um, other people have done wrong and they deserve justice to say instead, as other people have done wrong, so too have I. Mm-hmm. And as they deserve justice, 
so too do I. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a proud person that says they've done wrong and deserve justice, but not me. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a sign of pride. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and that's the very kind of thing that, that disgusts God. Because if, if, we, if we're honest, when we can recognize someone else being proud, maybe you've got a boss that's really proud or a coworker or a family member, it disgusts us. And so when God sees that, he's disgusted by that. That is a sin, sin uh, the, the sin of pride. Mm-hmm. So, so when we look at God in the Old Testament being wrathful, we have to understand he's righteously wrathful. And they're going to get drunk on their sin to the point where they've drunk to excess and they're going to puke it out. This is a, a, a picture of God's wrath against them. This is the cup Jesus does not want to drink. Mm-hmm. Yep. So let's turn to Jesus for a minute and think about what he's imagining. He says, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Jesus has been reading the Bible his whole life, the Old Testament scriptures. And we know that he mentions the the prophets, verse 56. Well, all this has taken place that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. He picks out of all of the things he could reference. He picks Jeremiah 25 to reference. Let this cup pass from me. Well, you stopped reading in Jeremiah like a verse too short. Did I? Yep. Okay. So in, in, in verse 28, Jeremiah 25, 28, it says, And if they refuse to accept the cup from your hand to drink, then you shall say to them, Thus says the Lord of hosts, you must drink. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus is asking not to drink. But the Lord has already answered that prayer in Jeremiah. My goodness. And he knows that he must drink. Wow. You must drink. And so he picks up that picture of all of the things. He knows that it's time to, we, we say it's time to pay the piper, so to speak. Um, that's an allusion to the Pied Piper of Hamlin, you know, who, who does who a does good thing. <laughs> and he, he gets all the rats out of the city yeah. and then they don't want to pay him. And so he's like, well, then fine. He steals all their children. Then I'm going to steal all your children. And that's the thing. So it's a we, creepy story. <laughs> it's a creepy story, but it's the, it's, it's the history yeah. of the world. Romans chapter 1 says that we're not thankful to God. So mm-hmm. God's created a good and wholesome and beautiful world. And we have just completely violated it with our... By, from our from the from the disgusting sin that comes out of our heart, we've just ruined it, yep. polluted it, to, to the point where um, we we break it down, and eventually it's time to pay the piper. And that, this is what Jesus is talking about. This time, like you like you pointed out, if you don't want to drink it, no, you must drink it. There has to be justice, or this world will fall apart. If there is no justice, then evil wins. Chaos wins. There's no point in trying to be moral. Hmm. And so there must be, and God must be just. We often um, will talk about the things that other people do, child sacrifice, or maybe something that's more likely nowadays, like um, child abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe sexual child abuse, mm-hmm. something like that. And we'll be disgusted by that. 
And we're disgusted by that because it's a thing we don't do. It's heinous. Mm -hmm. It's harmful. It's violent. It's cruel. And we don't do it. And so we're disgusted by it. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. None of the sins that you or I do, does God do. He's disgusted by all of our sins. He doesn't do any of them. Mm -mm. And um, when when he sees all of this, he knows it to be sin. And it must be judged. There must be justice. God... We, we, we say, God, I've got a bad thing in my life. Don't take it lightly. Help me. Well, here's the thing. There's bad stuff in this world, even in our own hearts that we do. God doesn't take bad lightly. And here's the time when, oh, I'm so glad that you, you pulled that one extra verse out of, of 25, Jeremiah 25. You must drink. Jesus is going to be having the wrath of God against all of the sins um, that we've committed poured down his throat to the point where he's puking it out. This isn't just a thing where like, you know that that picture of the you know the, the, the man or the woman that is just so tough, they're tough as nails, they can grin and bear it, you know um, they're just yeah. they're just so so strong yeah that's not what jesus is like me playing night games at the camp or something like that Mm. look at how tough i am that's not the picture we need to have of jesus that he just you know could just grin and bear this and and just accept it like a tough guy and he was also he was just the toughest one and so god let him do it right that's not it (laughs) no he's reeling he's puking it out this is horrible agony he knows it's coming too. Hmm. Well, and the, his friends did not fully understand the weight of what Jesus was going through. They sure didn't. Uh, um, and uh, yeah, because he came back in there just sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't you watch verse 40? Couldn't you watch for an hour? So he's been praying. That prayer... Um, in verse 39, he's prayed for an hour. Mm-hmm. It's hard to pray for an hour. Mm-hmm. It's hard to pray for an hour and stay focused and not fall asleep. Have you ever decided, I'm going to pray for you know, a good long while, and then you just kind of drift off to sleep? Mm-hmm. I mean, I have many, many times. Especially if it's in the morning. Yeah, yeah. And, um, However, I will say that I I find it easier to pray when I'm in a desperate situation, and I feel like Jesus. Yeah. Not that Jesus ever found it hard to pray, but he has no other options, and this is all that's on his mind. And you know, I've been. I remember. Um, oh, I don't know having something like a job interview the next day, and I'm just full of nerves for it mm-hmm. and so i pray about it the night before and i'm praying or the week before leading up and i'm just anxious and my stomach's in knots but man i can't even imagine how jesus because in the different different books it explains how he's sweating blood yeah he's so anxious well let's pull out some of those those 
idioms and cliches that we use when we talk about our nerves. So Jesus's stomach absolutely was in knots. Mm -hmm. He says, my soul is very sorrowful even to death. So that's not a phrase that we use. Mm -mm. So let's use phrases that we use for a minute just to kind of visualize and, and, and maybe be able to sympathize. His stomach was in knots. Mm -hmm. What else? He's sick to his stomach. Sick to his stomach. He's... He's uh, nervous as all get out. He's yeah, sweating bullets. Yeah, sweating bullets. Bullets of blood. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, and yeah. he is too. I mean, he he's just racked with. He's a nervous wreck. Anxiety. Yeah. Nervous. Yeah. Nervous wreck. He's a nervous wreck. He literally <laughs> is a nervous wreck here. Yeah. He falls on his face. He can't take it. He actually picks three guys to say, I need you to come over here and watch with me. Ugh. Jesus is asking these guys, I am such a nervous wreck. I just need you to sit with me. How, how precious, right? How, how sensitive, how, how, how human. Mm -hmm. I, I, I feel like, okay, so like, you know, it's been really great. Like, we had a child in the NICU, and people would come and sit with us, come and pray with us. And it was really precious. It was a really wonderful time. We were nervous. Um, you know, you, you have somebody pass away, and other people, they come to the visitation hour or mm -hmm. hours, and they come and they sit with you, and they just listen to you tell stories and whatever. It's really... Mm -hmm. Gracious, Jesus is looking for that. He, he's, he's looking for that friendship and companionship. Just watch with me. Just sit up with me. Um, and, and he falls on his face and he's, he's a mess. Because mm -hmm. he knows this is coming. And the disciples, he, he, he opens his eyes from his prayer like you said, probably a deep meditative prayer. And they're asleep. It's like you realize, what would you realize? What would you realize if you've been praying and you lose yourself in prayer for an hour? You just completely lose yourself in prayer. And then you, you stop praying and you look around and you find them asleep. What would you be thinking at that point? Or feeling, emoting? be like what kind of friend are you you, you left me I, I can't account on you <clears throat> right yeah so couldn't you watch with me for an hour he says, watch, so stay alert and pray so that you may not enter into temptation. What's he doing there in verse 41? He's warning them, isn't he? Well, because he's in, under temptation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and uh, and he knows he's Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And even he's under temptation. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of like, you know, me warning my children about something that I... I am currently struggling to win. Yeah. And I know that they are much less experienced and much more weak than I am. And even I am 
yeah. you know, yeah. experiencing the yeah. pressure. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like, cause it's a, you worry about, you know, somebody, it's somebody yeah. who you care about and love, but yet. Yeah. I mean, well, they, you said, yeah, you said ahead. a minute ago, like you're not likely to fall asleep during a long prayer time if you're feeling really desperate about it. Mm-hmm. So Jesus was, but Peter wasn't. Yep. Peter and James and John, they yep. weren't feeling very desperate. And Jesus is like, you guys need to be feeling a little more desperate right now. Mm-hmm. Something bad is about to happen. And for them too, they don't even know. Right. So it's right. one of those things where it's like, oh, something's bad about to happen to my friend and I care about him and I want to pray for him. But more than that. It's like, hey, just just wait, a, like not even 24 hours. It's <laughs> like, coming for you too. It's coming for you too. There's... Yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. And um, goodness, and the, I, I have to just imagine that they just don't understand the urgency no. because Jesus has been telling them all along. They know, or they he they, the words and the truth have entered their ears. Mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. may not have planted itself in there, right? Um, about actually, oh, he is going to be killed. Yeah. And you are going to be and what happens to us? And, yeah, when, yeah, when that happens. And I like how you said it, it's entered their ears, but it hasn't planted. And that's like the spirit. He says in verse forty-one, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Really, the spirit and the flesh are just two sides of the brain, two sides of human rational um, experience, experience, compulsion, um, reaction. Yeah, intention. He's right? not. Is he not talking about the Holy Spirit here? No, he's 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 talking about a person's a person's spirit. Spirit. Okay, I just wanted yeah. to make sure. That's a great clarification. So, do you remember what Peter's spirit was like? Jesus says, um, "I'm going to be betrayed tonight," and Peter's like, "No, no, no, I'm not going to betray you." Like he's zealous, zealous about not betraying Jesus. He's like, I'm yeah. not going to betray you. Are you kidding me? You're my best friend. Yeah, I then, wouldn't betray you for nothing. And then Jesus like, before the cock crows three times, you, you will deny me three times already. And he's scared of this little girl. Yes. Comes out to him and he curses at her. So what's Peter's spirit? <laughs> his spirit is full of passion for Jesus. And what's his flesh? A coward. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Two different sides of his brain, mm-hmm. right? So he's got on the one side the ideal. Mm-hmm. This is what I hope to be or want to be, mm-hmm. and on the other side is the reality that this is what you really are. Mm-hmm. And if you don't stay alert and pray, then what you really are will win will win and it won't match up to what you hope to be that's a good point i like that we're talking about that because i've always i've always i've never taken i've never been able to take the time to understand what jesus was meaning by or you might fall into temptation like you know be alert or you might be falling into temptation it's like well what is there to be tempted by out in the will out in the woods you know yeah, but i think this the garden is, of gethsemane yeah exactly yeah. not in the woods but yeah right, it's right, a, right. it's it's a a a, the quiet. a pruned garden that's not yeah. you know just a wild woods right, right, but, right. um yeah i've always wondered like what what is he talking about here but that's yeah. a really good point yeah yeah separating the uh denying jesus turning from his faith Mm-hmm. Turning from his faith under pressure, choosing mm-hmm. um, to stay alive for an extra couple of days, 
by whatever means necessary mm-hmm. rather than staying true to your convictions. Mm-hmm. And that's that's going to be the temptation. And if you don't stay alert and pray. And so what Peter goes into, the whole trial of Jesus portion that we haven't read yet, the whole trial of Jesus portion where Peter's you know standing on the outside and warming himself by the fire and trying to listen in and see what's happening to Jesus when he's under arrest. You know all that. He goes into that without any prayer, hmm. without being, without staying alert. And staying alert to what? What temptations could come? You yep. know? Yep, yep. He's just going in clueless. I think that's a, that's a, 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 a reminder to us that we should recognize the ways we are likely to be tempted and likely to fall and be alert to those things rather than just blindly wandering through our day. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm probably going to be tempted this way. I need to make sure that I do something about that in advance. Mm-hmm. I need to get, I need to warn. I mean, that's what being a watchman means. I need to be a watchman to myself yeah. and warn myself when I think the enemy is coming. That's a good point. That's true. Not just going to a sleepwalking. So Peter sleepwalks into, he's going to, we haven't read it, we, we won't read it today, but Peter's going to sleepwalk right into denying Jesus three times, mm-hmm. prayerlessly. Okay, so. Well, so next verse, um, yeah. he went away and prayed, he went away for a second time and prayed, my father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. The thing I like about this, okay. obviously it still is alluding to that passage in Jeremiah. Yeah. Um, but the thing that I like about this that's unique to just this Jesus praying once, please, Lord, take this from me. Mm-hmm. Jesus praying a second time, okay, if, if, you, if, uh, if this cannot pass from me unless I drink it, then your will be done. And he submits to God. The thing I love about this is that this happens to me all the time, praise God, is this happened to me last night? Okay, um, where I'm, and my prayers are not um, that's precious great. holy prayers like Jesus. You don't have to qualify it. No, 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 no. But I'll give specifics, or at least some specifics. Yeah. Um, I'm always asking God, or I'm always having trouble with sin in my life, and I don't want to change it. Um, and then I just talk to God about it and tell him it. And I ask God to change my heart for me. Yeah. And so last night I was bitter about something and okay. bitterness doesn't do anybody any good. It doesn't even do me any good. And I know this right. logically and right. psychologically. Yeah. Your spirit um, is willing to not be bitter. Yeah, exactly. But I was just like, I don't like this whole dynamic in this one situation. I was just like, I'm just bitter about it. And uh, I'm yeah. mad at these people and it's, yeah. I'm bitter. Yeah. And I was telling God, I was like, yeah, well, I dwelt on my bitterness for a little bit, and I was laying in bed actually, and I was, you know, I was kind of like rehearsing, mulling over it, rehearsing. Yeah, what, what, what I'd what say if the right time things, yeah. and I can just like say the right thing. Yeah. And then I'm just like, I was like, Lauren, I was like, first of all, I can't get to sleep because I'm thinking about the stupid stuff. And uh, I was like, will you just help change my heart and help me like look at this, this whole situation? And I asked God to help change my heart in that area, even though I didn't see a way. Like I just feel really gross about the situation. Wow. And I didn't see a way that I could change my mind about whatever. But then not long after I prayed and asked God to help change my heart, like I start thinking about each peop- each person in this situation with a different 
perspective, and I actually am like, mm-hmm. like I don't even have to be bitter. Like this isn't even a big deal. So like I can it. actually go in the opposite direction. I can yeah. actually embrace this yeah. and bring it on. And yeah, and it's just like God changed my heart, That's and amazing. I see God. I see Jesus. Yeah. Kind of having a change of heart and, a, and a, an acceptance and a submission. And it. probably because, at least experientially, I know this, probably because God showered him with grace yeah. and empowered him yeah. to have a change of heart that is that is supernatural. So break it down. What did you, What was your process last night? First this happened, then this, then this, then this. Yeah. Like one sentence little outline of your yeah. process. You know. Stuff happens that takes away some of my comfort levels at like work. Um, people are involved that are very happy about this change, and yet I'm not happy about it. Okay. But I'm pretty much the only one. And so it's just like, well, there's nothing I can do or say about it that's going to change it because the majority is against me. And that's fine. But I was just not happy at those people that wanted to be so passionate about this thing that's causing my life a, you know, a lot of struggle. Or at least, in I thought. It's not uh-huh. really that big uh-huh. of a deal. In yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, and then, I, I hadn't thought about it all night, but then I get in bed and I'm laying awake and I'm just thinking about it. And then I just start thinking about all these like deeper things and other things about these people that annoy me that I didn't really realize until now. Yeah, and then you just start adding to I'm it. I'm just I'm just wallowing in it, and I'm but that was just magnifying everything. Well, and definitely. I'm thinking, I'm trying to think to myself, this isn't going to do me any good. I was like, right. I need to not think this way, but I couldn't really help it. Like I just felt that way. Yeah, and then I finally, after wallowing for probably an hour, so bad stuff happens, wallowing happens, and I well, and because I have been fortunate or blessed by God to. Um, have him answer prayers for me so many times in the past. I know he's with me. I know he listens. I see it in the Bible, and then I've seen it in my own life and in many other people's lives. Okay, so bad stuff happens. Wallowing happens. Then you talk back to the wallowing Yeah. with truth. Yep. Okay, then what happens? There you go. And then prayer. And then prayer. Yeah. And then God's grace. And then grace. Because prayer is talking to a, a person. A person. It's not a meditative practice. Where it's, it's not like, a self-manipulation. I'm not manipulating the universe around me with a mantra. Or your own psychology. No. You're not manipulating yourself psychologically. I mean, and I acknowledge positive ways to manipulate myself psychologically. It's like there are good things you can do to get yeah. yourself into a better psychological sure. state. And that's all good and true. But that's not prayer. But that's not prayer. And that's not what, right. that's not the grace that I received to completely change my heart. Right. Or I didn't change, but for my heart to be changed. Right. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Mm-hmm. There's, there's bad things happen. You wallow about them and magnify some of it. Then um, you tell yourself truth. You speak back to yourself. You resist. Yes, you resist. That's right. You resist with truth. Mm-hmm. And then you go into prayer. And then God gives grace. Mm-hmm. That's a wonderful process through bitterness. <clears throat> and it's it's kind of it's kind of a it's kind of a, a cycle that I think is is often repeated. <laughs> I mean, the Bible tells us to resist the devil and he will flee from you. Yeah. Yeah. We want Matthew 4. We yeah. haven't got there yet, but if you know the story, that's what Jesus does in the wilderness. Yeah. 
he resists and then God comes. And then Jesus is literally experiencing that right here. Yeah. He's for an hour struggling with not the bitterness, but with this, the pain of the thought of this cup. The and agony. He, and he's the, on his face in agony. Yeah, yeah, he's a nervous wreck. His stomach is in knots. He feels like he's going to vomit. Mm-hmm. He's feeling so sick about it. He's sweating blood. And now his prayer has changed after an hour of intense intense prayer to a person to his father that he knows is fatherly toward him after an hour of that and that's an important thing just like you didn't psychologically trick yourself jesus didn't psychologically trick himself for an hour he's talking to an adamant god um, who is adamant about the purpose of jesus and the plan that he has Mm -hmm. And he's, and he's talking to him, though, because he's a father, and that father knows, while I have an adamant plan, I have a relationship to you as father. And so now his prayer has, has changed the second time around. What's the difference? Let's really highlight the difference between prayer number one and prayer number two. My father... This is prayer number one. Uh-huh. First of all, he starts both prayers with my father. Oh, that's beautiful. So he he he's not wallowing. He's just under under an extreme amount of uh, anxiety and stress yeah. and yeah. physical pain. Even yeah, yeah. My father, if it be possible, let this thing not happen to me. By the way, have you ever been so nervous or so worried that you were dry heaving? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's what's That's going another on, I'm one sure. that that I thought of yeah. just now to just relate. Okay, so my father. Okay, what's the what's the next thing? Yeah, he's he asks if it be possible let this cup of wrath pass from me. Yeah, yeah. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And so we know he's not he's not wallowing, and we know he's even starting his prayer saying, um, "I know that I need to submit to this." Yeah, right. He's submissive. He's not demanding. He's not demanding. Right. Right. Um, but in the end... He's not issuing ultimatums to God. Yeah. You better do this or else. No. No. Um, but in, in the second prayer, he's saying, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And so if the thing that I want can't happen, it's not possible, then I will submit to this. Yeah. I will do this. And yeah. that, that that is a wonderful heart of a son. As a father of a son, yeah. that's what I want my son to do if there's yeah. a hard thing I, I need him to do. Right, um, right. It's just like, obviously this And is, why, why? Why well, would you ever ask your son to do a hard thing? Well, typically it's for his own good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like well, he didn't want to go. He he accident. My son's a smart kid, relatively, um, and uh, he's he a ac- very smart boy. Accidentally, accidentally won his his class spelling bee, and then went on to the school spelling bee, and he didn't want to win the school spelling bee because he didn't want to go on to regionals. He didn't want to travel and like be in front of a ton of people and Aww, do all that. He, really? did, he didn't want to do it, and he didn't even want to do the school spelling bee. Aww. And I was like, listen, I was like, buddy, I was like, A, you need to go to the school spelling bee, and you need to do your yeah. best. I was like, I'm not 
saying that I will force you to go on to regionals if you win. I was like, but you need to do your best. I want you to do your best. Mm. And then if if you win, if that time comes, then we'll talk about what happens next. Yeah. Um, and there is, I'm leaving open the possibility of saying that I won't make you go. Yeah. That's possible that we'll do that. But you need and to go and try And he needs to trust you. Yeah. That's another thing is the father knows what he's doing. And the son has to, that's part of the submission is put your faith in me, not in what you can see or not in what you are imagining. Put your faith in me. Mm-hmm. And even Jesus has to do that. He has to put his faith in the Father. So I think this is fascinating. At first he says, if it's possible, maybe we don't have to do this. And then the second time it's like, if it's not possible maybe we will do this so the first time he's requesting is there another way the second time he's informing god i will be submissive to you Mm -hmm. so for an hour this is a prayer that i don't think we pray this is a prayer that i well i shouldn't say that this is a prayer that is important to pray let's just say that it's a prayer that is not often emphasized well it's one that we can through scripture we can learn uh-huh. To pray, well, just like just yes. like I said, like the only reason Perfect. I know to pray what I do pray mm-hmm. is because I've seen it, because God's goodness to me, He's blessed me with the opportunity to yes. know this and see it. So I'm learning these spiritual skills. Yes, and this is I one of it. those things that's kind of advanced, yes. and we don't do it very often. Advanced spiritual skills, advanced <laughs> prayer. This is prayer six oh one. Yeah. Okay. So like. So, so here's the thing. So like, um, um, we're, we're all pretty good. We know we're familiar with the, the request prayer. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's fine to pray. Yeah. With the right spirit, it can be a very worthy and wonderful and valuable prayer. Mm-hmm. But there's also the submission prayer. Mm-hmm. And what good is that? Here, the second prayer, Jesus is praying... Not a prayer of request, but a prayer of submission. He's saying, God, whatever comes, your will be done. Mm -hmm. Whatever comes, I'll walk through it. Whatever comes, I'm following you. Yeah. What's the value of the submission prayer? So I feel like it's a very worshipful prayer. And one reason is that... Me, I'll use myself as an example because I will every time because I have great examples of how I'm a sinful person. Um, <laughs> so I have thought in my mind before, well, if God doesn't give this to me in, in like a good way, like a good miraculous way, then I'm just going to do it my own way. Or I'm going to go ahead, I'm going to do it the devil's way. And I'm going to get it one way or the other. One way or the other. Hopefully it doesn't come to that. Hopefully it doesn't come to that. And I'm almost threatening God. If you don't give this to me, well, I might just do it the devil's way. That's a wicked request (laughs) prayer, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Essentially, I'm throwing my worship to Satan instead of God. Yeah. That's what it is. Oh, my goodness. That's true. It's like, oh, if if you don't do this for me, I'm not going to worship you. I'll I'll throw my worship to your enemy, to my enemy. Now, I don't remember a time when I've actually said that. No, you but, don't say it like that. But, yeah, but right. I feel, I've, I've felt like if you don't give this to me, then I'll find another way. Yeah. And yeah. that's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so... Um, You're saying, I want this over you, God. Exactly. So this is, this is a way 
for for my me to align with God and say, hey, if this isn't your will, if it's not your will that I get this, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to do it. I'm going to yeah. do it your way. And yeah. I'm your son. And I'm yeah. not going to worship that other stuff. Yeah. And that stuff isn't as important to me. Stuff isn't as important to me. Or success or pride yeah. or whatever. As important as what? You. Exactly. So I was thinking about that. And you said the word align. I thought that was a beautiful word. So like... It's hard to submit to an authority figure that you disagree with or who sees something um, that you don't see and you just don't see it. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um, whether it be um, the person who's in charge of your, your committee or your team or whatever, or it's your boss or your parents mm-hmm. or whoever, right? And you can set yourself as an opponent to that person. Or you can set yourself as a teammate, a, t- a team member, uh, a crew member, uh, a, a child to a loving parent. And then you can choose the relationship and say, mm-hmm. I'm putting my faith in you. I'm putting my trust in you. Well, and so, so, what, so what you're saying is that in this particular case, this is a practical life skill as well yeah uh, when yeah. it comes to any authorities yeah. that are rightful authority yeah parents boss teacher etc yeah um you know if you don't like your job at least we're in a free con- free enough country that um, yeah. you have the choice to yeah. go and work someplace else yeah now, it may not be easy or very easily doable but it's still yeah. within your rights and freedoms but um I, I was told good advice one time and this isn't spiritual at all this is just earthly advice that worked yeah. That may not even be applicable to this conversation, but it is based on this story or the stuff you were just saying. Um, when I was like 17 and I was doing really well at a company I worked for and I had gotten promoted a couple times and whatever. And I wanted to like figure out what was happening and what I was doing to have success and like dial it up even more. Yeah. Like um, something was working. I, I, I was doing something right, but I didn't really know what. You know, anyway, some piece of advice that somebody gave me was in any job you ever had, if you make if you make it your primary priority to if you have in your mind as a priority that your job is to make your boss look good, Mm -hmm. then that's Mm -hmm. it. It doesn't really matter what tasks or duties you're doing in your job because your boss Mm -hmm. might pivot. Oh, today this is a priority, this is a priority. And in the end, he has goals that he has to present to his bosses. And if you are working and being agile and flexible enough to change with your boss and and do what he needs done so that he can present this to his bosses, and then he goes and does that and he looks good to them, he knows that you helped him get there. And so he's going to make sure that you... Uh, are promoted etc and and that will always work because you'll always have a boss even if you're a ceo you've got board members and shareholders and so um yeah if you align yourself with your authority mm-hmm. and and uh it's practical and beneficial yeah. even in life but nevertheless i got a couple is... stories for you okay so one story um i was at a job one time where i was just kind of um a staff person among a bunch of professionals like they had gone to school to do the thing that they that they did yeah. at that place whereas i was more of a support staff calendar office manager yeah um web page manager person yep okay 
So I didn't have a dog in any fight, is what I'm saying. Yeah. The boss, the the boss, the boss above the boss above the boss above me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Big boss. He had one philosophy of how to run this this place, and then a lot of people down below, as you trickle down the the hierarchy tree, they had to pick whether they wanted a more traditional philosophy or if they were going to go with his more radical philosophy. Okay. And a lot of people picked the more traditional. And so they set themselves up as opponents to him. Mm-hmm. And so I watched this firsthand. And he constantly won. Things happened. More customers came in. Um, more um, um, accolades came down. You know, all sorts of things. And the only joy that they got, the people that were... Opposing him. Opposing him. The only joy they got was when he made some kind of verbal faux pas and they could make Yeah, fun when of there it. was some failure. Yeah. He, they, they could take joy in some failure because they had kind Snickering of... in the corners, really, right? Yeah. That's what their joy was. Secret snickering. Secret sarcasm. Whereas the people that said, I'm going to follow this guy and we're just going to get behind him and do that. What you said, make my boss look good. Yeah. Every time an accolade came down, they all got to bask in it. Mm -hmm. They all got to share it and enjoy it together. Mm -hmm. Now, I wish I had had more of the um, perception or insight to say, hey, I want to be on that team too. Instead, I was like, you know, I don't care. And sometimes it's fun to be sarcastic. And that was wrong of me. Yeah. But... Um, you don't get a lot of joy when you set yourself up to be opposed to yeah. what's going down. I mean, if it's not wrong, if it's not a sin, if it's not um, yeah, you know, opposed to, to God's morality, then follow your authority. Mm-hmm. So that's one story. Another th- story I have is this one. I was in grad school and I had a professor of a of a class and he said you need to um, um, interview a divorced couple and find out and write about how they came to their point of view or to their how, how what happened how did they get divorced oh and how they got remarried that was part of it too oh. so a divorced remarried couple not remarried each other one of oh. them remarried somebody else gotcha does that make sense yep yep okay not telling the story very well. Anyway, um, I uh, I didn't want to do it. I was like, that's going to be really awkward. I'm going to say, hey, dig up all of your pain and hurt from your divorce and tell me all about it so I can write a paper about it and whatever. And the point was the professor, and he said this. I said, I, I don't feel comfortable doing this. I don't want to do this. This is just going to be awkward, painful, painful for them, awkward for them and me. Um, and he said... Look, I, I've gotten that response a lot from a lot of students. But in this field that we're studying, it's important for you to be able to understand, sympathize, be aware of, and know how, how that happens. And um, I don't want you to just read about it in articles. Yeah. You want to hear, hear these people's tone of voice. And I don't want see you to hear about it, know about it. And so he goes, I, I just want you to trust me. That's what he said. 
I just want you to trust me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. And so um, rather than, um, you know, saying, I'm not going to do it. I said, all right, I'll trust him. And I found a couple that I knew. And I asked if we, they would talk. I asked the man because I knew him. And I just knew who his wife was, you know. Yeah. Um, I didn't really know her. I said, would you ask her? And would you see if you guys would want to meet for lunch? And we could talk about this. And I'd interview you. And eventually I've got to write a paper. Just I want to tell you the whole thing. This is what would happen with your story. I would change your names. Um, and your names wouldn't be in the paper. And um, 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 so they went and talked. And then they, she decided, yeah, okay, we'll do it. And they talked it through. And I asked lots of questions. And I learned a whole ton. And made friends out of it, to be honest. Found out it was helpful for them to talk it through. They actually appreciated. I can't say if they enjoyed, but they appreciated and were glad for the process. Mm-hmm. And I found that um, I learned a ton. Wrote up, wrote up a story about it. Kind of um, wrote it like a magazine article kind of thing and submitted it to um, my professor and grew, and this is why I'm telling the story, grew in respect toward the professor. Yeah, because he was right. Because he was right. You trusted him. And he yes. didn't say trust me lightly. Right, right. Like he wasn't just like, eh, I'm 50-50. It might go well, it might not. Yeah. Just trust me. Yeah. <laughs> no, and he, he actually, actually he he's done this before. And he didn't do it with like a big iron boot either, where he said, look, you can fail the class or you can do my job or do, do my assignment. Yeah. He didn't do it like that either. He was like, I understand. I get it. You know, yeah. but trust me. And here we have Jesus doing the same thing where he's like, my father. And what he's going to experience is when Jesus does get betrayed and when Jesus does get denied and when he does get um, unjustly tried and found guilty, lied about, victimized, tortured, mocked, scorned, stripped, Mm -hmm. wounded, bleeding. He's got all of that where he walks through all of that knowing that he's on God's side and knowing that the Father is on his side. Well, and... um... Paul writes, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Yeah. So yeah, the, yeah. The, the and so the joy at the end of it all must have been so tremendous. Yeah. That God was trustworthy, and He's like, trust me. Yeah. Um, so what's the point of the submission prayer? We know the point of the request prayer. Get what you want. The submission. What's the point of the submission prayer? Well, I like the submission prayer because um, I know. I can honestly say that I walked with God in this. I didn't resist and then God forced this upon me. Because mm-hmm. God's gonna God's God. He's gonna do what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. He's gonna get his way one way or the other. It may involve me, it may not. Right. But um whatever God's asking me to do, he's gonna get done, whether it's me that does it or somebody else, or it happens to me or it doesn't happen to me, whatever. Yeah. But if I submit, I a can 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 know that I did walk with God and I did trust Him, and then be like you were saying, um, my belief that He is trustworthy just 
skyrocketed. Yeah. yeah. And then the next time it happens, um, it's going to be easier. Yeah. Because I've learned, just like I just told you, I've learned I can pray and ask God to change my heart. And he will. Because he has in the past. Right. And now I can learn that I can submit to him even if it's something that's hard I don't want to do. And it's going to be for the best. Yeah. So let's take uh, your son in the spelling bee. He can go into the spelling bee bitter toward his dad. Mm-hmm. Stand up at that microphone thinking bitter anxious nervous thoughts sit in that chair up on that stage bitter gritting his teeth or you can go into that trusting hopeful maybe it's not fun maybe he's got serious stage fright maybe he's really nervous maybe he's really afraid to spell wrong in front of the crowd and make a mistake Mm -hmm. i mean that's all real real people stuff Mm mm-hmm but he can go through that with like hope, knowing somebody's on his side, mm-hmm. um, trying to get the best out of the experience. Um, and I think that's the case for a lot of us whenever we go through hard things. If we don't pray that submission prayer, um, we stand a stronger likelihood of falling into bitterness toward God. Mm-hmm. God, why didn't you give me the request I made? When instead, what we could do is say, God, I didn't get my request, but I still have you. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Yeah. I can just imagine now, there's other stuff we should probably get onto, but I do, I do just imagine Jesus after the fact, after he goes to the cross, and he's now glorified. Yeah. And now he sees that, you know, his he's going to be asking his disciples to go through similarly hard ordeals. Yeah. Um, but having received all power and authority over heaven and earth and having experienced the joy of um, of having paid for the sins of all mankind. Yeah, 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 yeah. come um, on, come yeah. on. Yeah, I mean, I I just imagine that it was all worth it. All worth it. And, and he... Made <laughs> the firstborn of many brothers. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and just the pride that he must have, like good pride yeah. in his father. Yes. You know, and the ability to boast in what God did. Yes. And, United uh, in resurrection to all those who believe in him. Mm-hmm. Um, every knee bowing, every tongue confessing, made king of kings and lord of lords. Mm-hmm. He's going to come back because he has been the means by which justice is handled. He can come back and end the the threat and the power of Satan with but a word from his mouth. Yeah. Um, and then he can be the one who just issues pardon and mercy and forgiveness and intercession because he's the one he paid for it. Who paid for he it bought, all? He bought it. He bought all of our redemption. He paid the price, the actual price, for each of us. And, and he, so you and he know can give it to whoever he wants. And so you know as he's doing that, as he looks over and takes a side glance, if I can anthropomorphize for a minute, takes a side glance at God the Father, you know that there's a smile between the two of them. Mm-hmm. They're on the same side through all of that that we just described. Like they went through it together mm-hmm. rather than as opponents. Well, and there's something even in, in human relationships when you go through trenches with yeah. another person. Yeah. Um, even an authority figure. Yeah, exactly. And you guys have both gone through this together. 
years later, as you're still friends or you're still doing that, you look back and your friendship is different than the other newer friendships you have that you haven't gone through that together. Like you guys understand, right. you know, we've gone through some stuff together and we stuck by each other and we, uh, we've experienced some real pain. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So th- the father and the son went through the ultimate trench. Yes. And that's uh, yes. ah, amazing. Yeah. So they are united. I think that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. I think that's enough. For today, what do you think? Like, no, it is. It's amazing. Yeah, let's let's take a break. We'll come back and sum up, maybe. Yeah, and uh, uh, reflect. All right, sounds good. Sound good. We'll take a little break. Right. <clears throat> okay, we're All back right. from a little break. Okay, good. The breaks uh, are nice. Well, and the breaks are like instantaneous so far. Like we don't transition. Like we don't like have any time in between. We just kind of take a break to reflect and use the bathroom. <laughs> and, and one day, um, yeah, we'll add a commercial. We in might there. put commercials in there. Yeah, maybe we'll say, make up our own commercials. <laughs> oh yeah, that that'd be good. fun. Fake commercials. Yeah, I mean that's all I can think of us doing. Like yeah. A little gospel commercial, but this whole thing was the gospel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we don't need yeah. to add to that. That's right. Well, you know, we could make up commercials for lots of things. Like you have a Gideon Bible. We could make up a commercial for that. Oh, yeah. Right on. We could make up a commercial for the, I don't know, the app on our phone that we read the Bible on sometimes. That's true. We don't have to get paid for these things. Mm -hmm. Just endorse things that we already use. Exactly. Because we like it. Yeah, I like it. All right. So anyways, um, what did you really like? What is the thing that you're going to... Just by, you can't help it, you're going to carry with you today from this. Well, I don't know if this answers that question, but... Or what is the question that you want to answer? What is the answer that you want to give to the question that you're thinking about? I don't know. Hold on, let me tell you what I'm thinking. Because I have to get it out of my head. Otherwise, I won't be able to even think about it. Stop talking. The thing thing that I really liked that I didn't know before is I had no idea that let this cut pass for me was a specific reference to... Jeremiah 25 or any verse or any verse mm-hmm. in the Old mm-hmm. Testament. Mm-hmm. So having that context makes this just this concept and this story super rich. It's awesome to go back and read that. Um, and yet you still pulled out that extra verse, which I thought was fantastic. Well, I didn't even think about it. I was just reading when we were in Jeremiah. I was just reading yeah. and I read a couple of verses after. Mm-hmm. And then I when I read that one, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Didn't think twice. But then we got to here and he has to drink it. And then you're like, oh, wait, like, no, wait, wait, wait. There was another one. I'm I, you, so and you know Jesus that. read yes. that. That's fantastic. Anyway, so that's good. Anyway, so what was one of your questions? Because now my brain remember. is empty. Not I was just being silly. Um, something I take away, I really like um, the uh, um, spiritual discipline 601 uh, advanced prayer topics. Oh, yeah. Being able uh, follow, following up with a not as if prayer has to be some sort of formula all the time, but you can you can understand um, places as a follower of Christ and as a lover of God places that God wants your heart to go. He yeah. wants to get your heart to a different place. Yeah. And so, um, A, I've learned through my experience to ask God to change my heart about situations, and he's done yeah. that. Yeah. So now I've learned the submission prayer, the follow-up submission prayer. Hey, if if you don't change this situation... So, so far he's just changed my heart, and then I just accept the situation, or he changes the situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes mm-hmm. that happens too. Um, but yeah, the follow-up prayer say, Hey, if, if you're not going to change the situation, then okay, 
I'm still going to worship you and I'm yeah. going to obey you. Because we make I'm it like there's only two I things. I trust you. One, I want God to change the situation. Or two, mm-hmm. at least change my heart. I'll mm-hmm. be okay with that because that would be genuine. Mm-hmm. But what about three? He doesn't change either of those. I just have to go along with it. I'm just going to submit and I'm going to trust you. Yeah. And I'm going to not, I'm not going to make sure that my way happens and by any means necessary. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. throw my worship in other directions. Oh, that was amazing. That just hit me right in the face when you said that. I was like, that's really what's happening. You're just going to a different God. You're right. Oh. One of the things that really stands out to me. You, you know, you mentioned your son and just the fatherly love that you have for your son. And it, and it just stands out to me, like Jesus says, watch and pray. Spirit is willing. Flesh is weak. I think um, I stay alert, but I also throw my trust to a trustworthy father. Mm-hmm. And that's how I want to go through my day. That's how I want to go enter into times I know are going to be hard, but also just go through my day because times might spring up that are hard that I wasn't ready for. But I want to be ready. And I can be ready if I... Remember, I've got a good father. And um, stay alert to that. So anyway. Well, this was awesome. It was certainly deep, like we expected it to be. It was. Even deeper. But it was different than what I expected, too. Me, too. Always is. Always is. When you read your Bible... And just spend time meditating on it. Yeah. I mean, and that is actually something that you can do on your own when you're reading your Bible. You don't have to make a goal of, oh, I'm going to read a ton of pages. Mm -hmm. Like, you read a book to finish the book. You want to get everything that's in it, you know, when you're reading some other book. Mm -hmm. Um, However, the Bible is going to be with you, if you let it, for for your whole life. Yeah. It's not, you don't have to rush through it. So, So pick a pick. In this particular case, it isn't even half the chapter. Right. It's it's literally like a, a quarter of the chapter. And we only did half the story that we read. And we didn't even finish what we read. Right. And it's just full of truth, and you can meditate on it and think about each thing. And I, I'm actually happy that I'm with you, because I wouldn't have known to go look in Jeremiah 25 to see that stuff. Um, so that's it's nice to, you know... Bible study with friends. Yeah. Um, and I love the fact that, like like I said already, you know, you, you bring in that just that relatable idea of father and son. I just really appreciate that. And so meditating with a friend. It's probably a good idea. It's, it's, it's helpful. I mean, we just, we're just figuring that out. I mean, yeah. <laughs> not that we didn't know yeah. it, but yeah, yeah, it is. It's good. Well, that's why we started the podcast. It is. Because yeah. we used to do this. Just without. Chips and salsa. Exactly. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, good. Well, is that good for Freedom Current? Episode, episode 12. 12. Yeah, it is. Fantastic. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye.